0: Chapter 9 The lake is in the mountains. It's a long way from where any of us live. And if we had to walk, it would have taken several days. Fortunately, we don't have to walk. We have our own little airline, TWA, Travel with Animorphs. It was a beautiful day, just a few puffy clouds in a blue sky. Bright sun, a canopy of trees spread out beneath us as we flew toward the mountains. With my osprey wings spread wide, and the sun toasting the ground so it sent up elevators of warm air, it was as perfect as life can get. If you overlook the fact that we were heading toward utter, unspeakable grossness and certain destruction. Time to split up, Tobias said. The lake is just over the next ridge. We had not been flying close together, because that would have looked massively suspicious. Two ospreys, a harrier, a bald eagle, a paragon, and a red-tailed hawk, all flying together? Not in the natural world. But we were all within a mile of each other, and all heading in the same direction. Tobias went into a lazy upward spiral, hanging back. Rachel and Cassie split off too. The Yorks would have heavy security around the meeting of the sharing. The Yorks know all about morphing. They would be on alert. Axe, in a harrier morph. Jake, in his peregrine falcon morph, and I flew on toward the lake, though still far apart. "'You know, one of your kind tried to kill me the other day,' I said to Jake. Tobias told me,' Jake said. "'Gotta watch out. Falcons rule.' "'Yeah, well, I noticed he didn't try it a second time.' "'Don't diss Falcons,' Jake said. "'One-on-one in a fair fight, and Osprey would kick your butt.' "'As if.' Jake sneered. Excuse me, Axe interrupted. Is there some special meaning to this conversation that I don't understand? Yeah, I said. The meaning is that Jake and I are scared, so we're babbling in our desperate effort not to think about it. Ah, I am frightened too. I don't really like morphing tiny animals. I keep thinking about all the rest of my mass. You're what? I asked. Not really caring. I was focused on the morphing ahead. My mass. When you morph something smaller than yourself, your body mass must go somewhere. So it goes into zero space. Zero space is the space that ships travel through when they are going faster than light. It's not very likely to happen, but sometimes a ship traveling in Z space will intersect with a temporarily parked mass. This got my total complete attention. Wait a minute. Are you telling me that when we get small, all the leftover… stuff? All the extra flesh and guts and bones go bulging into zero space like some big balloon of human tissue? Of course. Where did you think all the mass went? I shuddered. I really didn't think about it. Jake was no more thrilled than I was. So right now, there's a big bag of Jake floating in zero space? And it's possible some spaceship will zoom along and hit it and splatter it all over? No, no, of course not, Axe said. I breathed a huge sigh of relief. Too soon, it turned out. Of course no ship would actually hit a floating mass, Axe said, talking to us like we were nitwits. The ship's shielding system would disintegrate the mass. That's what troubles me about doing small morphs. It very seldom happens. The odds are millions to one. But it could happen. Jake and I thought about this for a while about a spaceship disintegrating some big wad of our mass. It was not a pretty picture. Hey Axe, Jake said. You know how we wanted you to be honest with us? To tell us everything you know? Yes, Prince Jake. Small change. In the future, don't tell us things that will scare us silly, just as we're going into possible battle. A big wad of Marco in zero space, I muttered. It's like hanging your butt out a car window. Waiting for a truck to come along and sideswipe it off. Just at that moment, I topped the crest of the ridge. Tall pines nearly scraped my belly. And there, spread out before me, sparkling in the sun, was a large lake nestled between the surrounding hills and mountains. Okay, boys, Jake said. This is where I peel off. Just one final word. I know spiders eat bugs, so do not. I repeat, do not eat any flies. I'll have enough to worry about in Flymorph. Remind me, I said. Why are we doing this instead of staying home and sleeping in late? We're saving the world, Jake said. Oh yeah, great. My mass is hanging out in the Zero Space Highway, and I'm about to become Spider-Man. I knew there had to be a pretty good reason. Chapter 10 There were probably 200 people around the lake below us. Boys, girls, older people. Some were swimming. Some were water skiing. Some were grilling burgers and hot dogs over charcoal fires. A lot were just milling around and talking and laughing. You'd swear it was some kind of big community picnic. From the air, they all looked so normal. And probably most of the people below us were normal. But a lot of them were controllers. And one of them was Eric, who was certainly not normal. We stayed well back from the lakeshore and dropped into the trees. We came to rest on the ground, inside a cluster of tall bushes. My osprey vision and osprey hearing had revealed no one within a hundred yards, but I was tingling with nervousness just the same. "'Shall we demorph?' Axe asked. Not yet. Tobias said he would swing back over once we were on the ground. So we waited there, looking a bit weird." Two birds of prey just hanging out inside a bunch of bushes at the edge of the forest. I could hear the whine of power boats out on the water, and closer, little snatches of human laughter. Okay, guys. Tobias's thoughtspeak voice suddenly spoke in my head. Looks clear to me. You've got a guy and a girl maybe a hundred yards off. But I think they're making out, so they should be busy for a while. I quickly began to demorph. One of the limitations on morphing is that you can't just morph straight from one form to another. You always have to return to your own body in between. In Axe's case, that meant returning to his andalite form. That had to make him nervous. There were dozens of controllers just a few hundred feet away. Yerkes might overlook one kid sneaking around. They wouldn't overlook an andalite. Are you ready to morph? Axe asked me once we were back in our normal bodies. I'll never be ready to morph a spider, I said. My teeth were chattering, and it wasn't cold. I have to morph, Axe said. I can't stay here in andalite form. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Okay, okay, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to keep my eyes closed. I focused my mind on the spider, but I lost concentration, mostly because even the image of the wolf spider grossed me out. Then Ax started to change I knew, still, I couldn't just stand there and watch I knew I had to morph It can't be any worse than morphing a fly, right? Or an ant? I asked no one Not that I wanted to think about the ant morph We'd had a very, very, very bad time in ant morph I closed my eyes and focused again This time, I kept my concentration I felt myself starting to shrink Shrinking is always a little weird but now I was also thinking about some big, disgusting balloon of Marco mass suddenly bulging out into zero space, whatever zero space was. I could feel myself getting smaller. I could feel very strange things happening inside me, sudden feelings of emptiness where organs were simply disappearing. And there was a distracting squishy sound that came up my spine and through my skull, the sound of bones turning to marrow, and of marrow sort of oozing away. I wouldn't be needing any bones, I guess. I kept my eyes tightly shut, not wanting to see what was happening. And I held on to my fears with a death grip of determination. I mean, if there's anything worse than being a spider, it's being some disgusting mix of half-human, half-spider. But then, pop, pop, pop. I could see. I tried to close my eyes, but no, I didn't have eyelids. It's very hard to close your eyes when you don't have eyelids. Eyes were popping open in my forehead. Eyes were erupting out of my head like zits. I almost lost it right then. I would have screamed if I had a voice any longer. But I was already half spider, and I was staring at Axe as he underwent a change very similar to my own. I was watching him with vision that was half human and half the shattered, broken mirror vision of the spider's compound eyes. Something horrifying was growing from the place on Axe's face where a mouth should have been. Something huge and bulging and foul. Two monstrous swollen things, like… Like nothing I'd ever seen before. They were jaws, but huge and outsized. From the end of each one, a wicked curved fang grew. Sometimes, you really, really need eyelids. There are definitely some things you don't want to have to see. I knew the same thing was happening to me. My bulging jaw parts grew till they entered my own distorted field of vision. Fortunately, I didn't have to worry too long about the jaws. See, I became distracted when legs suddenly exploded from my chest. Sprout, Four new legs, two on each side, just shot out of me, like I was a tube of toothpaste someone had stomped. They sprouted all gumby, unformed, then began to form joints. Way too many joints. My human legs and arms were changing to match these first spider legs. I fell forward, no longer able to stand erect. It wasn't much of a fall, I was already pretty small. The pine needles beneath me already seemed to be as big around as a human finger. Not that I had any fingers to compare with. All the while, new eyes kept opening suddenly where eyes absolutely did not belong. Some were compounded eyes, some weren't. Then, as if the extra legs and the mix-and-match eyes and the huge jaw and fang combo weren't enough, some new leg-like thing came sprouting out of my... well, out of where my neck used to be. They were like extra legs, only they weren't. I had no idea what they were, but they moved. Much later, I found out they're called pedipals, a sort of cross between a mouth and a leg. My head was swelling compared to the rest of my body. It was gigantic, in a small way. My entire body was now divided into two big chunks, a sort of bulging head and an even bulgier body. I was almost entirely spider now, the pine needles that had seemed as big as fingers were now as big as two-by-fours. As the last touch, strangely soft hairs began to grow from everywhere on my body. It was the hair that seemed to trigger the awakening of the spider brain. The wolf spider had good eyes for a spider, but it's all the thousands of tiny hairs that really get the spider brain's attention. They sense every subtle clue in the wind, every minor movement in every direction. And all of a sudden, it felt like the whole world was moving. Leaves, pine needles, the dirt beneath my claw-tipped eight legs Bugs in the dirt Moles under the ground Birds in the air All of it seemed to be hardwired into the hairs that covered my spider body With all that sensory overload, the spider brain woke up I had been afraid it would be like the brain of an ant A mindless machine Or that it would be the terrified, fearful, panic-stricken mind of a prey animal But oh no Definitely no They didn't call it a wolf spider for nothing. This guy was tiny, no more than two inches from the end of one outstretched leg to the end of the farthest back leg. A toddler could easily crush him underfoot. But I guess it isn't size alone that makes a predator, because as soon as I felt the edge of that spider brain, I knew this boy was trouble. The wolf spider was a killer. Chapter 11 Hunger That was pretty much what the spider man had to say. Hunger. It was hungry. It wanted to hunt. It wanted to kill. It wanted to eat up a few nice juicy bugs. It was hungry. Did I mention hunger? And it didn't care what kind of bug. Could be beetles. Could be grasshoppers. Could be crickets. Could be a big mean mantis. The spider didn't care. It ruled the world of bugs. It was to bugs what a lion is to a herd of antelopes. It was a shark among guppies. They could run from the wolf spider, but they couldn't hide. Motion! Something moved, left to right across my field of vision, and I was after it like a dog after a rabbit. Eight legs powered up and I blew across the forest floor like a drag racer firing out of a starting gate. The world was weird to my eight spider eyes. I saw colors no human ever saw. It was like when you mess with the color and tint knobs on the TV. Things that should have been brown were blue, and green was red, or whatever. From some angles, the picture was almost clear, but a second later, everything would shatter into bits, and I'd be watching a million tiny monitors at once. I never could make logical sense out of it, but mostly what I saw was movement. I was very, very interested in movement. My eyes and every hair on my disgusting little body were about spotting movement, and when the right thing moved, my body just answered all on its own. It was a rush, as they used to say in my dad's day. A charge. It was like tapping into the main pipe of adrenaline. It was electric. It was nuclear. I blew across pine needles and fallen leaves and over patches of dirt, and I kept that moving bug in my field of vision, and I knew what I was doing. I mean, I knew I was Marco, a human and Morph, and I knew I didn't really want to eat that racing bug. But man, I was too jazzed to stop. The prey was running, and I was the predator. I had evolved for hundreds of millions of years to do exactly this. When Tyrannosaurus Rex was still millions of years away from even thinking about evolving, tiny arachnid hunters were killing and eating. The entire history of Homo sapiens, from caveman to soccer mom, was a blip in the history of spiders. I was death on eight legs. It was a beetle. That's what I was chasing. A big, old beetle, much larger than I was larger and slower. He grew in my distorted field of vision. He grew and grew, and I powered on. I wish I could explain why I kept on with the hunt. Sometimes the animal brain takes over for a while, and it sort of overwhelms the human mind. But that's not what was happening to me. I wasn't overpowered. I was just into it. A last burst of speed. My front legs touched the beetle. He dodged left, but too slow. I clambered right up on his back. I positioned my jaws with their deadly fangs and... Marco, what are you doing? It was Axe. I scampered down off the beetle, feeling like I'd been caught doing something wrong. The beetle ran off, relieved to have escaped. If beetles can feel relief. Nothing. I was just letting the spider be a spider. It was a pretty good answer, I thought. I guess its instincts kind of carried me away. Marco... I morphed the identical spider, Axe said. I felt a wave of guilt and shame suddenly swell up inside me. Axe, it was just a cockroach. Who cares? Come on, we have a job to do. Sometimes humans worry me, Axe said. I didn't ask what he meant. Why had I gotten so into the hunt? Why hadn't I resisted the urge? I flashed on the rage I felt when I talked to Tom. Was that it? I think it is this way, Axe said. He took the lead and I saw him moving in front of me, a spider scurrying effortlessly on his eight legs. I fell in behind him. I was calm now. The incredible, insane rush of the chase was over. Now the spider was just a tool I was using. Suddenly, from the sky, something fell towards me. It landed right between Axe and me. A grasshopper, three, four times our size. It looked like an elephant. Then thwap it fired its huge hind legs and shot into the air. It disappeared as quickly as it had arrived. We raced on through the forest, covering the two hundred feet between us and the edge of the party. I sensed the nearness of humans. I heard vibrations that might have been speech, but the voices were too garbled to make any sense out of. Hey, Marco, Axe, you guys around? It was Jake's thought speak voice. Yes, Prince Jake. Axe answered. We are here. We're not pretty, but we're here, I added. Cool. I'm not exactly handsome myself. I'm in Flymorph. Haven't found our boy Eric yet, though. Something massive and slow appeared in the air above me. I scampered sideways. It landed slowly with a loud WOOMF. A human foot. A shoe. Nike. You know, I've been worrying someone might step on me, I said. But humans are so slow. Be careful anyway, Jake said. Let me know if you find Eric. I don't know how I'm supposed to recognize him, I complained. These spider eyes aren't good at seeing distances, and human heads seem to be way up in the clouds from where I'm crawling down here. But Axe and I went on, skittering swiftly through a forest of huge, slow-moving legs and feet, But then, right in front of me, I saw it. It looked like a bare human foot, except that I could see through the skin, through the toenails. With my eight strange distorted spider eyes, I could see right through the electronic haze of the hologram. I could see what was beneath the hologram. I saw what looked like interlocking plates of steel and ivory. The foot had no toes. In fact, it wasn't shaped like a human foot, more like a paw. It was not human, and everything in my tingling, buzzing, hyper-spider senses told me it was not alive. Axe? Yes, I see it. What is it? I do not know. It looks like a machine, almost. Like it's made out of metal. Yes, Axe said. I think your friend Eric may be an android. Hello, Animorphs, and welcome back to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs' Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. Thank you for listening to another episode. I really don't have much to say here. Um, brief shout-out to uh, a podcast my friends run, the Equalizers, I was on that a couple episodes ago, uh, where I pitched an idea for the sequel to the movie Cool Dog, which was a lot of fun, um... Be sure to check that out. Other than that, uh, you know the standard stuff. If you use iTunes, uh, please leave me a rating and review if you feel like it. Tell a friend if you feel like it. Contact me if you feel like it. If you do feel like doing that, you can do that at audiomorphscast at gmail.com or audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. I'd also like to give a brief shout-out to my second podcast, OK Crusader. Uh, All one word. Just search it wherever you'd look for a podcast. It should pop up. It's one where I get some guests on and we discuss random characters from the Marvel Unofficial Wiki and how datable we find them. We're into, excuse me, we're into season two, uh, which is bigger stunts, wetter jokes. It's a good time. I downloaded an Airhorn app on my phone. Uh, other than that, I don't really have anything to say, so I'll just get on out of here and see you next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.